morning, people of the internet. You are listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie Gross Point Blank one minute at a time. I am your co-host, Hugh David. And I'm your other co-host, Dev Sodiger. And on today's show, we're going to be looking at Minute 20. And joining us for the show, we have, catch you later, GBP fan extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> Uh, so in this minute we see uh martin actually drive up to the outside of wgpm fm um gross points local radio station to see look in through the window and and see uh debbie newberry djing and she sees someone that she thinks she (laughs) recognizes tries to figure out more before martin jets off and uh goes to cruise by his old high school Mm-hmm. So, Mini Driver, <laughs> finally on screen with her face. <laughs> we get to see the whole face this time, yeah. Indeed, indeed, what a face. It's such a remarkable, uh, remarkably fast ascension in career terms, it feels like. I know she had, you know, smaller TV roles over here in the UK, and, um, you know, she has a very small role in GoldenEye. As the the Russian cabaret singer in yep. Robin Coltrane's uh, bar, um, yep. you know, but that was enough to, as always with Bond films, to to get her, you know, more work in in the states. Um, but she had a, she had, she she took interesting roles at the time, and I think this is a perfect example of it. You know, she was not simply going, oh well, what's the next big hit I need to be in? You know, she 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 always chose interesting things, and um, I feel like that made her stand out from some of the other actresses of the era. Hmm. She, I know that she broke here on um, Circle of Friends. Is that right? Yep. Circle of yep, Friends? Yep, the Maeve Binchy film. Yep. I can still hear her saying um, she's a stupid fat article. And I was just <laughs> like, it's just seared in my brain. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's film. when, I mean, she was on TV, yep. but not here. Yeah, so Circle yeah. of Friends, I think, would have been our introduction to her. Yeah. I mean, right away. She was in a short that got Oscar nominated, and I remember watching it, because back then we actually were lucky enough to get shorts on TV occasionally, and I, I was a night owl, so I remember watching Channel 4 here late at night, and there's this short came on, and it was just different enough that I was kind of like, okay, this is really interesting, because it, it was about, it was a meet-cute, and the two characters are talking direct to camera. So you are basically hearing what at first you think, oh wait, I'm in the position of the other character until you realize that no, what we're being to- what we're, what's being said is what they think. Mm. They're literally mm. stream of consciousness, and you are privileged to see it from the other point of view. And it's just a very neat, nifty little concept that type works really well as a short. And but she was riveting in it, absolutely riveting. And I just remember thinking, crikey, you know. This is this, this this she's got real chops as an actress. But what's going to be next? Um, but yeah, no. Fa- I mean, it, it, she's just done a biography last year, I think it was, or earlier this year, which she's been out promoting. And I know she's got some more TV work on the way, which is cool. Um, but yeah, really, really, really interesting actress, and a bit different from a lot of the others in the nineties. I feel personally, I don't know what you mm-hmm. guys think. And and then kind of come the end of the nineties, she she definitely took a chunk of time out, right? She. Mm. Um, so she's just started coming back into into the business, which 
That's fun to think about. I mean, she did yeah. a few. She did a few TV shows. There was that one with um, Eddie God, Yeah, yeah, the Riches. That's what it was the called. Riches. The Riches. Yeah. That was fun. That, was, that fun. was fun. That was too short lived. That's one of the oh, yeah. American shows that did not run long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every exactly. other American show runs about three seasons longer than I want, and that one yeah. did not yep. run long enough. Yeah. I, mean, I can no, watch absolutely. anything Eddie Izzard is in this is all true. day, this is true. forever. That day of, of course, the trip that, they, that he was in. Oh, I've yeah. not seen that. Oh, it's, it's a really. <laughs> but I should I should make the point that given uh, recent uh, press here in England, we need to be. We, while he's given us permission to still call him Eddie Izzard, he is no longer Eddie Izzard. She is okay. Susie Izzard. I should. Yes, Susie. Susie. Yeah. She's touring as Eddie Izzard. Is how, uh, yes, how the tour I is still, yeah, the tour is still branded as such, but right. she's quite clear in interviews now as you know, yes, that you can t- say that, but I am Susie, which I love. I'm so excited about that. It's just, it's, I've sorry, Eddie Izzard is not part of this discussion. <laughs> no, 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 please, by all means, go ahead. No, absolutely, uh, just, no reason. Just, Huge fan, learned, this is going to sound silly, learned so much history from mm-hmm. him, from his comedy, that it mm-hmm. trickled down to, um, I have a 32-year-old, so uh, so 20 years ago, that would have made him like 12. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I had him listening to Eddie, and he, mm-hmm. I could hear him repeating things and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're learning things here. <laughs> and it oh, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I could listen to to Izzard explain anything, yes. and, and be riveted and learn from it. Just captivating. <laughs> it I is. Have a flag. You have a flag. flag. <laughs> 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 yes. Oh my gosh! I do have a flag. <laughs> I didn't bring it, but I do have one. <laughs> I, I do feel like it, 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 it's interesting. There's a there's a there's a, a, a number of British comedians who have. Uh, found a second career in the century doing uh, either reality or documentary TV in Britain. Some of them doing history, and the one person who hasn't done enough of that, in my opinion, is is Izzard. Izzard could have. I would watch so much, so many documentaries if Izzard was presenting. Um, yeah. But yes. yeah, no, chosen to do other things, and that's fine by me. Um, the other thing is, like Izzard's career as a stand-up comic has never really gone away right like it, no. just perpetual touring so mm. i think any anything else is always always generally secondary to that i feel like the 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 the, the time he took out to at when he was here at the time to, to to run as an mp was also uh a good example of the sort of thing that you know it's a shame shame they didn't win but mm-hmm. you know that's somebody i would have voted for if i lived in that region yeah and... when, when did he do that uh, oh, crikey! When was I trying to remember? Trying to remember the last election was because it's been so long since we had. One. Was it actually the last election? Or was it a little bit? No, further? I think it was a little bit further back. I, I my... feel like it was pre-Brexit referendum. Uh, yeah, I think and then it was. Became sort of... a talking head in the run-up to Brexit on TV, which massively. That sounds about right. Mm. Uh, 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 twenty twenty. No, it was it was uh, twenty twenty two. Oh. Wow. oh wow! It really wow. was Labour MP in Brighton. The problem is Brighton is legendarily the the one place in Britain where the Greens win every time. 
Yeah. So right. he was up against quite a quite a a, a tough uh, not opposition because they're the same side of the political spectrum, but you know he was he was up against a very established uh, political sphere there. And I, I, in yeah. some ways, it doesn't surprise me, but in other ways, I kind of think it's it's a bit of a shame. Anyway, yeah. But, but yeah, to come back the tour. If if the position had been won, would we have this tour right now? No, no, no you wouldn't. Might be a little no, more common sense in Parliament, which <laughs> yeah. I take that well, as another tour, honestly. <laughs> definitely lacking that. Yeah, um, okay. but I mean, we're straight, yeah, we're straight dangerously into politics. I'm probably going to come. That's fine. So coming back to Minnie Driver, so um, a great. We talked about her acting a great deal of this minute relies because we've had a voice carrying us over from the last minute but a great deal of, of what is important here is her face in the window mm-hmm. you know her face is the what's important here and i i do wonder if that's the key reason they cast her over other potentials for the role i imagine there was more than enough more than enough american actors actresses they could have got for the role but i suspect they wanted her because of that face and what she can do with it on camera and the way she can put so much emotion and thoughts and feeling into a look. I think there's also an element here that she's not prom queen. Yes. I think, Mm. I think an awful lot of American actresses that you think of are prom queen. And, mm. and that's not where Martin comes from. Like Martin and Debbie were the thing in, in high school, but they were the thing to the losers because yep. they were the, yeah. the the touchable prom queen couple, prom king, prom mm. queen couple. The right? alternative. Like, the alternative ones that weren't ever going to be hit, right? It, mm. We're not looking at like uh, hair straighteners and peroxide. We're looking at um, a woman who knows like who she is and what she's she's doing and you know is somewhat privileged for sure as we'll find out when when we mm. go and visit her later on but mm-hmm. um like very definitely have that thing and maybe did sit a little under martin's shadow in mm-hmm. high school but still like had a personality had their own identity and that personality wasn't revolved around uh beauty or you know fashion or or any of the things that I think are all too easy to lean into with uh, a movie of this nature and, and I think something mm. that John Cusack really wanted to avoid and, and probably the entire team making the film wanted to avoid. That's and I can't remember. think of many other actresses at this time that could mm. pull that off. At this time of this mm. age, demographic, like age, mm. age group. Mm. Because they just didn't get the opportunities, right? There weren't many actresses that were filling that role. I th- the only one I can think of who would have done it, because, but then you know she would go, she'd do something similar, and therefore probably wouldn't repeat herself in um, uh, Go was Sarah Polly. Because oh, Sarah Polly's yeah, amazing actress, but also back then she was still doing slightly quirky indie weirdness as well before she sort of ramped into pure drama like she does as a director. And I feel like. I feel like if anyone could have pulled it off, it would be her because she's got a very particular stare with the way she uses those eyes. But I, I agree with you, a hundred percent on this. And in fact, given, given, um, uh, Driver's hair as well in this film, I feel like, I you say not fashionable, but I feel like she would have at one point had Debbie Harry's hair and then 
maybe had Susie's hair later on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like she oh, would have been probably. cool with it. You know, right, right. There would have been a involved. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Within her own context, she would have looked yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's I, the old, um, like, Hollywood double standard, right? Like, it's yes. just, it, it reminds mm-hmm. me in a way a lot of She's All That. You know, the, the mm. like, mm. reinventing the, the person to make them prom queen. And it's like, yeah, but you picked a person that literally not very much had to be done to because yeah. you needed to make it Hollywood. And I think this is the case, right? Like, um, Minnie Driver is still a, a very, very good looking woman, mm. but she's just enough away from the American standard yeah. of, or the Hollywood standard that gives her something different, right? And, you know, in a couple of years' time, we will see... Um, Carrie Ann Moss, who I think kind of is is similar in that regard. Hmm. Um, hmm, but, hmm. Yeah, but I don't think has, but I think is is a little too elegant to to do this. Whereas I think Mini Driver in this role is very much more grounded. Like, hmm. and I think that's that's really what sells it. Hmm. I I do remember being surprised at the time that Mini Driver would do this i mean it's all falling into place during this but it did seem at the time that it was odd for mini driver to make this choice and mm-hmm. i think the thing you just said about the um something you said about in not in elegance but i don't know there's just there's something really open about mini driver's face yeah. i equate mm-hmm. her to um a sunflower <laughs> her mm-hmm. face is very very open mm-hmm. and her hair i think just would change shapes over the years oh yeah for sure yeah mm. but i think she probably would have always kept it natural like that but i but it just changed shapes over the years yeah uh guys i've just discovered something i didn't know and i'm just going to make sure that it's uh properly support sourced yeah it is sourced okay uh i didn't know that she was a musician before she was an actress what i didn't know that either. she was on bomb the bass's album in 94 clear uh, oh. As part of the outfit River, she was then in the Milo Roth band. She then signed in 2001, so after this film, with EMI and Rounder. Uh, her first album reached number 34 in the UK. Uh, first single peaked at number 68, wrote 10 of the 11 songs on the album. Support brother, supported, uh, a 2004 support act for the Finn Brothers, so, you know, the New Zealand mm-hmm. guys, uh, for their UK portion of the world tour. Uh, oh god, see, I've never seen Joel Schumacher's version of the Phantom of the Opera, but she's in that singing. Uh, uh did a second okay. album in 2007 with guest appearances by Ryan Adams, The Cardinals, Liz Fair. I mean, she knows the right people. Uh, third <laughs> album in 2014. I mean, I, I'm wow. gonna have to go. yeah, I'm wondering if that's wow, that's got into this if it was through either Joe Strummer or I can't think of the other music exec on this film's name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. When we to... looked, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the, 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 there is a, I think there's a definite affinity there yeah. uh, for the sounds as well as the, as well as what they're trying to do visually. And that also yeah. makes her being a DJ quite a logical thing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wiki man, so it comes to the rescue. <laughs> Based on the yeah. Guardian article from 2014, that okay. I'm, I'm just gobsmacked. Sorry, I'm just like my mind is blown right now. Yeah. The, sorry, the, um, not meaning to change the. No, please do go ahead. Gear change. 
when when she looks through the window at him and he's looking towards her mm-hmm. um and they were a high school couple i would know my ex-boyfriend even <laughs> even now 40 years later i would know my ex-boyfriend's from a car at that distance. I would know his, just the way he sits or his mannerisms. I can't think of what they would be, but for sure she knows who is in that car. It's just the way he would sit or whatever. I think it's, I think it's more questioning whether she's not hallucinating it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I think what the uncertainty is. And that's why she says like, welcome back pointers because she wants to see the reaction when he hears. Yeah. Good. Um, but I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Even with the hat and the sunglasses and the tinted windows and the distance. And the silly gloves. You you still, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. God, those gloves do They're so bad. It's it's the exposed forearms. If it there is, were shirt it's sleeves, the... it would be fine. So but those exposed forearms. Hairy, hairy exposed forearms. <laughs> but but he's got that he's got that high school cockiness in the way he's leaning. Yep. That mm-hmm. angle to the shoulder, like that whole, like, yay, I'm here. Time for you to leave your job. Yeah, come on over. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you want to get in this car. You know, and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I do wonder when he changed, though, because he leaves there and then he rocks up to the high school. The baseball cap's gone, the sunglasses are gone, the jacket's gone, the gloves are gone. He's now just in a black suit with a black shirt. And a black I, top. I, oh. It's not hard. I reckon. I reckon it's a, just a jacket change. I mean, possibly, but I'm wondering if he checks into the hotel or something in between. Maybe. I no, mean, like we said, a, there, that, there yeah. is a four-hour cut. We know. So. <laughs> yeah. Four-hour assembly, rather. So you know, yeah. Who knows? Anything's possible at this point. I would watch those four hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would. I would. I despite would what we said, do that. yeah. I suspect I may not think them as good yeah but i'd still yeah. watch them absolutely yeah i just, just more yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> i think i think absolutely. we're slowly convincing ourselves to watch warring can do a <laughs> podcast of wine five minutes because we just want more of john cusack as a hitman even well, if it's not going to include my, my, my copy of warring did arrive the other week <laughs> I know, I know. I still haven't picked mine up. I'll get it. We, we, we got to do it. Come on, ain't nobody else going to do that film. I don't know this film you're talking about. So it's the, the- it's the in theory sequel to Gross Point Blank. What? So, so Joan he- Cusack back. Joan Cusack is back. What? I don't yeah. think Mini Driver is in it. What year? No, it, it's 2014 or something. Five, something. No, it's it's quite what well, it's it's, no. it's early it's early noughties, but the thing is, it's it, it's not doesn't have the doesn't have the quality or the pedigree. It's basically mm. uh, one of the first films from an Eastern European low budget outfit who would grow to be big guys. They're the guys who now produce like the Expendables and stuff like that. But back okay. then, that back then they were just doing straight to DVD dreck, and okay. somehow they got involved with and got to produce this thing. So they're basically the whole thing had to be shot in Bulgaria, you know, on the cheap. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard anyone say anything good about it, but the fact that everyone, we, we, everyone who's, uh, 2008, there we go. Uh, Everyone, we, everyone we keep coming across who's involved with uh, Grosspont Blank has said at least once if they're in Woink, oh yeah, that's the, that was the intended sequel. Wow. So yeah, you know, it, I mean, mm-hmm. the cast is still impressive. You have got Marisa Tomei, Hilary Duff, Danny Croyd's back. 
Um, ben Wait, Kingsley's what? got a role. How is Dan Aykroyd back? Because he plays a different role. It's like any of these things. You cast people, you bring the, <sighs> you bring people. I mean, nobody's got the same name on him. You bring people back. You just give them different roles. It's like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. You know. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is the vice president. Duh. Of course. <laughs> You know? so that's not a worrying thought after watching him in this film at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, but even Ben Kingsley's in it, which shows you that you know the, wow, the I'll wow. take the money. Yeah, I know, but this is this is the thing, right? Like, but it's bad. You, you you like he just done a couple of really good films, but this is how you know that he was. You know that you know that character he plays in Iron Man three. Nope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. He he plays he 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 plays the supposed. Um, uh, king version of the kingpin, but then turns out to be a British, an actor from Croydon who's been paid roughly <laughs> to do the role. It's one of the best. It's one of the. It's it, it both simultaneously one of the worst and best twists in MCU history because it annoyed the fanboys so much because they basically turned the kingpin into it. Not kingpin. Uh, the um, oh god, I can't even say his name properly. Oh, the Mandarin. Sorry, into a, into a, a joke. But the whole idea of him being oh lovely, I was just doing it for the money, and I was just like. You're not even acting here. You just are being <laughs> Ben Kingsley. <laughs> you know. Um but yeah, I I, I still I still want to see it. I still need to see it now we've done doing this podcast because even if we don't do a movie by minutes on it, I just need to find out what the hell this mess of a film is like. Um And you haven't seen it either? Right. Wow. And it's yeah. called what is it? War Inc. War Inc. Yeah, I N C. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, because yeah. if it, yeah, if a film deserved a sequel, it was this one. But I'm kind of glad it never got one. It, it needs the lightning in the bottle of it is half the fun. Uh, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think there's anywhere really for the story to go that would have made for a good sequel. That would have been satisfying. Yeah. yeah, I I think there's one place, but it would be the problem is other films have done that sort of thing. I would have enjoyed seeing them trying to be a couple. Mm. In his world, yeah, he's gonna leave his world. Yeah, well, that's what he says. That's what he says. Come on, they come back as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and they have basically it's a little bit of that, but not quite that. It would be more fun, like the the Mickey take version of that, you know? Yeah, I I feel like it would be more likely to end up in a kind of Thelma and Louise, like on the. Mm. That's depressing. Exactly. That's that's why I'm like this. This like ends it. nicely, but it's <laughs> it's it would it would it would end up being so contrary to the tone of this film. It'd be too dark. Even even you're yeah. like living in the living in his world, right? Like I don't mm. think there's any way that Debbie's character would, would play out. Well. Yeah, I mean the, the close. It's a little too cute. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the closest thing thing I can think of to a film that would look like that is uh, Nobody, the one that came out recently with um, what's his name? Oh, crikey, the guy from Better Call Saul. Oh, oh, um, yeah, Saul. Yeah, so 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 he he plays. Um, so in, in in Nobody, he gets to do the whole John Wick thing because it's the John Wick production team, but he plays a guy who. Nobody, he's Mr. Normal and he has a job and he goes and does it every day and he's a family, he has kids, and nobody knows he has that past. And eventually, mm. something happens that means that if he doesn't reveal who he is and do his thing, family gets threatened. And it's, it's that there's just enough humor attached to the film, like it's brutal as a film. 
It's really wick dog wick brittle. But there's just enough humor attached to it, particularly once the family do realize. And I was kind of like, I, I, I can sort of see that, but mm. I think that what that loses is the romance element. I mean, I feel like, in I feel like there's like a. a a bit like the before sunrise sequels, you know. Like I feel like there's a a, a before <laughs> a before midnight with action, you know? <laughs> which is a, that's such a terrible thing to say. I mean, Julie Delphi would smack me if she heard that one. I mean, it's just, 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 uh, yeah. But you know what I mean. The idea of taking keeping the 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 the, the relationship element, which is so crucial to Cross Palm Blank, and the rom com element of it is by far and away taken more seriously and played more seriously than the action movie stuff and that's where i think a sequel would work if you could manage that tone and i don't think anyone else can i think that's the problem i just don't think that anyone other than the i think the, the fluke of all the takes and the time pressure to cut it all into a film that had to go out i i just don't think that magic happens in the same way anymore yeah hmm. no all right. Any anything else for this minute? Um, anything on the? Do we want to say anything about the? We, when we mentioned the clash before and Joe Strummer, I mean, oh, Rudy. Yeah, we should we should uh, probably talk about that song because I think this was probably my introduction to that song. I don't think really? it's one of the Clash's bigger hits, or at least it's no, not it's one that not. I got to hear on the radio as a kid. It's from. Is it from London Falling or Combat Rock? I think it's think... from London Calling. Yeah, I think it's from London Calling as well. Um, but like, any time I hear that song, I see these <laughs> this scene. Um, it's just so, and it's so punchy for this moment as well. Um, yeah, it, let's it, find it out. So really can't fail. Here again. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, 1979 album, London Calling. Uh, what track number? Oh, seven. How do you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> because he's so young, catch him, oh, that's why. Because he's so young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Duet between Mick and Joe. Praises the rude boys of Jamaica in the 60s yeah. who challenged their elders' status quo. Derives from Desmond Decker's 1967 song 007 Shantytown. Uh, and is in homage to Ray Gange, who had portrayed a roadie who quits his job to follow the clash around in the 1980 film Rude Boy. So it's an actual response to Rude Boy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's amazing. Rudy Cantfell was the working title of a planned second movie. For which yeah. the Clash would then provide the soundtrack. Interesting. Ah. So, I'd yeah. listen to that. I would watch <laughs> the hell out of that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, Joe, we miss you. We really do. Yeah. Uh, we lost Shane the other day as well. It's just that whole era is going. Yeah. <sighs> well, anyway. On that note, that yes. Nice so, and depressing. Yeah, that was super. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It just can't be helped, can it? I mean, thank God it lives on. They live on through the music. I mean, there's a, there's there's an interesting thing about the reggae side of it, isn't there? Because I mean, she does. Yeah, she mentions all these other really cool hit bands of the moment, like Morphine, who I absolutely adored. Right, but we don't actually hear them. 
Mm-mm. Yeah. Right. What we hear is stuff that sounds much more of the era that, you know, as you were saying, Catcher, when you were at school and, and then the fifth school and when I was at school and, you know, when these characters went into the school. And it's very much kind of, there's a, they they say the right she says the right things as the DJ they 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 know the right things and as you said in the previous episode uh, Deb, you know we're going to see a whole different thing when we get to the dance but um, I find it interesting the number of sort of reggae or reggae influenced items that come up and again is that is that the 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 the, the music cons- uh, coordinator or is that strummer who's helping the music coordinator or you know because obviously he adored you know adored. Uh, reggae I don't know but yeah. it's an interesting again for me personally coming from you know having grown up in England I find that really really weird thing to associate with what appears to be Grosse Pointe Black Michigan <laughs> yeah it, it is much more Brixton isn't it than, yeah. than... <laughs> oh not Detroit <laughs> oh, I, I kind of wonder actually what a reggae soundtrack to Attack the Block would have looked like oh that would have been amazing Oh, oh! I love that film so much. I, know. I love it so oh, so much, and I love introducing it to American friends without subtitles and just oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. So writing um, it down. Yes. <laughs> what is it? it? It's called Attack, Attack the Block. Okay. Yeah. Basically, yeah. You go on. You say it. It's it's a movie done by Edgar Wright, who did Hot Fuzz. Well, he produces it. Produces it. Yeah. He produces it. It stars Nick Frost, who's obviously in those. It also is the first film with John Boyega in it. Who then yes, Boyega's debut. Um, Star. And... Okay. Um, <laughs> it is set in a what you would call a project in South London, mm-hmm. um, and basically a bunch of kids who are. Uh, well, they are thugs. Let's be honest; they're street yeah, thugs. Young thugs um, yeah. are yeah. Uh, yeah, not nice people. Basically, witness a uh, something falling out of the sky, like a meteor or something falling out of the sky. Um, realize it's an alien. Like, think they've killed it and pull it off, and like take it to like be kept in uh, the, their drug dealers' like penthouse. Yeah. Sorry, keep mind flat in 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 the project, <laughs> and. Um, and all hell breaks out, and yeah. It, so it's got a little bit of like the raid vibes. If you've ever seen the raid, yeah, um, it's John Carpenter. It's oh, yeah. just a lot yeah, of John Carpenter in it. Yeah, where because whereas in John Carpenter, like the Assault and Precinct Thirteen thing, where you've got the cop and the crim. Mm. In this yeah. one, you've got the crim who's the hero, but then you've got uh, Jodie Whittaker, aka the last Doctor Who, who plays a nurse, and she basically, you know her role ramps up and eventually it's the two of them trying to sort you know defend everything and it's just it's just it's just a really great film you know it's it's writer and director as a mate of Edgar Wright's and a comedian in his own right and it's it's really well soundtracked and cleverly shot and it's properly nasty as a horror film should be because when people get hit people get taken out they get taken out this is like they're not going to make an excuse to say oh these guys are kids no right they they, they know what they're getting in they they, they well they don't completely know but they are grown up enough to rob people at knife point and do that sort of thing and so when this comes down they're the only ones who can actually save humanity because nobody else knows what the hell is going on nobody else understands and they go for it and it yeah it's brilliant and that's and and the other feature of it the reason i enjoy watching subjecting american friends to it is uh they're all speaking in a very very authentic south london patois that i grew up with and like is 
just like it feels like being back home to me but mm-hmm. is fairly impenetrable <laughs> if, if, you're not, if you're not very familiar with it because it has a lot of afro-caribbean influence in yeah. in the language because Brixton is where a lot of afro-caribbeans and, um, and the window rush <laughs> Uh, settled so it's it's a it's a really diverse mixing pot of a great of an area um yeah it's not technically in Ken's, in brixton though it's in Oval, no no, Interior, no. but it's, but it's just, just in detroit <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but, in detroit. you know what they would they could make a sequel to it in detroit and it would work so simple that's how oh, well put together wow. it is as, as a piece of america like american influence british film is you could just dro- drop a sequel anywhere in the world and it would work because of yeah. the idea and the, the concept the stakes I mean, would be raised there'd be yeah. firearms instead of knives and precisely hats, but yeah but i mean boyega's been trying to make a sequel along with the, the right the, the the writer director for years and they still haven't got it off the ground Oh wow! Yeah, he got he got sidetracked by Star Wars. He, I mean, he said in a recent interview that they're still working on it. I have no hope we'll ever see it, but if it gets made, I would. Uh, yeah, it just yeah. it would be good. But I have to watch it without subtitles. Yeah, well, that's the challenge. <laughs> we might have to do a movie night. Actually, I'll just we'll have the whole Brawler W team just, and then you can just it. poke fun at me for two hours straight because I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you'll have any problem figuring out most of it just on the basis of the way they're acting. They're pretty. Yeah, you'll follow the story. It's okay. not. Yeah, you'll follow the story. Also, Jodie Whittaker provides that translation there because she's, yeah, she's a nurse. She, she's speaking received pronunciation. She's pretty intelligible, but the kids are definitely. And there's also the, 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 the young um, white weed dealer. Oh, the, the, he, yeah. He, he cracks me up so yeah. much. The, the the fact that he's introduced with uh, to um sound, that's the sound of the police is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a British yeah. cinema. Like he's the sort of guy that would have gone to university with Dev, but he's here in this place. Yes, quite <laughs> listening. Literally. Yeah, like listening. To, oh yeah, listening to <laughs> listening to hardcore rap, and it's like. Oh. Okay, okay, you're that kind I mean, of guy. I are several blocks away because it's a bit too nice for the area that he's going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Problems. Anyway. Yeah. anyway, shall we do the ending for this minute, by the way, before we <laughs> yeah. forget? I, I'm going to have some serious editing on these minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, you really are. Um, okay, shall we just go with the ending and leave you to figure it out later? Or do you want to yeah, wrap this yeah. up? Because I feel like we've done everything in terms of the music as well. Yeah, it's, I think we're good. We'll just okay. Let's do yeah. this. All right, then you're starting the outro. I am. This was minute twenty of Gross Point Blank podcast, Debbie Radio seventy nine point five FM, featuring your hosts, co-writers, and co-producers, myself, Dev Sodiga, and Hugh David. Today's guest was catch you later, GPB fan extraordinaire and roller derby enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, where, where can people find you online, Catcher? North Bay Derby. There we go. Is that on across all the social networks? Absolutely. Fantastic. You can find us on all good podcast players as well as YouTube, X, Spotify, or in all places we are the at the handle at Debbie Radio, D-E-B-I Radio, as well as our website, DebbieRadio.com. Once again, D-E-B-I Radio. And if you want to talk with us, uh, you can find us on our Facebook listeners group, Debbie Radio 79.5 FM Fan Club. Sure was clear that all of this was new. Concentrating hard like a little girl. 
It was in 